We also have uh, Mlondi Mkize, who's ANC Youth League a national spokesperson. Uh, I believe he's currently traveling. The reception is bad there, but uh, we'll get him on ASAP. And uh, also expected to join us is uh, Floyd Chibambu, who is EFF Deputy President. Uh, thanks so much for your time this morning, Mr. Chibambu. Ah, we are unfortunately struggling with those two lines uh, to Mlondi and also <coughs> to Floyd. But we'll come back to that. In the meantime, we have Yusuf Kasimov, the DA, their youth leader. And uh, let me ask you about your views on this particular process. And uh, not just the process of selecting these members, but uh, the National Youth Development Agency overall and the work that they do. As the Democratic Alliance, are you satisfied with what it has produced to date? Uh, Sakina, we are not satisfied. In fact, uh, we've also raised our objections with Parliament uh, and we've raised raised our objections in the committee. I am a member of the ADA committee that is appointing uh, the board for the NYDA and we've attended all of the meetings. Uh, So we have uh, consistently raised objections to the process. And the main problem, Sakina, and it's something that we anticipated, it's something that happened in the previous process that was thrown out by Parliament, and we anticipate that this process um, should be thrown out again, is that the entire process is compromised in order to ensure that uh, certain factions uh, of the ANC Youth League, as well as uh, the alliance partners, such as the Young Communist League, emerge onto the board uh, and continue what has been a tradition of uh, having uh, uh, or using the the NYDA as an employment agency for the ANC Youth League and its alliance partners. And uh, this isn't just rhetoric. Uh, it, uh, if we have to point to the manner in which the shortlisting had been done, it was a complete sham as a process. The DA believes that uh, they should be fairness within the process. However, there were around 485 applicants, and there were some very good applicants from young people across the country, but when we sat down for the shortlisting on the 7th of December last year, first of all, the criteria that we had used previously was thrown out. So, for example, part of the criteria that was used previously was that a young person, we should have a young person and we should have someone that has at least a post-secondary qualification uh, in order to have the necessary skills to discharge their duties. That was thrown out, and the only reason it was thrown out was so that certain uh, ANC Youth League uh, NEC members um, uh, can then be included and not be excluded from the process. And if I may just interject process, there, when you say yes. that was thrown out, thrown out by whom and how? By the committee. Well, the legislation, uh, the, the NYTA Act, uh, doesn't necessarily require it's 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 uh, it, it's it's a very. Uh, uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't specify exactly that you know there's this. Uh, specific requirement for a board member. You know, that is something that uh, as Parliament, which appoints, um, and as the adult committee, uh, we discuss, you know, these are the ideals. These are the minimum ideals that we would like to see uh, of the board members. What the Act does say is that you need a fit and proper person, that you need uh, a a diverse board, uh, both in terms of uh, the demographics, but also in terms of geographic spread. Um, but the committee itself, um, after what happened in the previous process, obviously the ANC members had caucused beforehand, um, had decided, you know, we're not going to, uh, ins- you know, we're not going to have these types of uh, criteria because it excludes some of their people.
But that wasn't even the main problem, Sakina. The main problem was that when we sat down as as, as the ad hoc committee, essentially the manner in which the shortlisting was done, and if people uh, you know uh, want to see this for themselves, they can go online on the parliamentary monitoring group. There's a verbatim recording of what had taken place on the 7th of December um, of the ad hoc committee. Was the chairperson basically said to us as the ad hoc committee members, each person uh, will have an opportunity to nominate one person to be shortlisted. So essentially, it's about who knows members of the ad hoc committee and who they choose to say, we want this person to be shortlisted. There's absolutely no proper consideration of the 485 applicants, and there's no discussion. There's no discussion as to say, this individual who is an applicant, this is their qualifications, this is their experience, this is why we believe that they would be best suited to be a member of the board, they are a person of either unquestionable morals, etc. But essentially, if myself and you, Sakina, and uh, perhaps some other members who are members of that committee, we each can just say we want this person to be shortlisted, and then the process is closed, you can only nominate one person to be shortlisted, and we say, okay, these are the 14 people that must be shortlisted. So it's not a fair process. It's, it's uh, you know, perhaps the other members, uh, the other young people that had applied, they should not have even wasted their time because they were not considered, they were not properly considered. And in fact, the ANC members of the committee did not even want an access to their CDs. They just wanted uh, the summary provided uh, by the committee assistant. So the entire process has been a sham. And what has been most disappointing is that some opposition parties had actually worked with the ANC so that, you know, some of their youth members can emerge on the board as well. Who are those parties? Well, the IFP. And we've seen that before. The the president of the IFP Youth Brigade um, was on the board previously because of such a deal. Um, The same lady who is the president of the IFP Youth Brigade has been shortlisted and uh, they've uh, argued for her to be included uh, onto the board because, and, and, and you know, it's something that we've seen um, uh, in the manner in which the committee has progressed, uh, they've not objected to the manner in which this process has, has taken place, which is not like them. Whenever there's been something wrong, they've joined us in condemning it. But unfortunately, in this regard, you know, they've just gone along with it. Well, let's hear from Londium Kize from the African National Congress Youth League what his response is to these allegations. Uh, Mr. Mkize? Well, I, I could not get the properly the speaker from the from the start of his comments. But uh, so far as I understand, there is nothing that wrong that has happened with the interview because everyone had applied and everyone had the right to be nominated. And then after that, they were shortlisting, which I think that uh, the appropriate candidate as per the ad hoc committee of uh, parliament was then able to conduct such a, 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 a process. How do you respond to allegations that the National Youth Development Agency is being used by the African National Congress and the African National Congress Youth League in particular as an extension of that particular body uh, to uh, act as an agency for employment for some of their members? Well, look, uh, in the in the agency, the board, there are only two people who become permanent and uh, the rest become board members. So you can't really say that the ANC or the ANC is creating employment for its own members, just for only two positions. Uh, It would be really unfair uh, for such a comment. 
What do you make of the question about the um, entrance requirements, the threshold being lowered uh, from people who are supposed to have a post-matric qualification to now, um, you know, just basically putting that aside? And there's a terrible noise on your line. I'm not sure what that is about. But um, how do you feel about the entry threshold being lowered? Well, uh, I think that we must start here, Sakina, that uh, everyone, so that uh, in South Africa, when you are in a board, there is a legislation that uh, legislates how board members are selected uh, to the board. And there is no act, uh, according to our knowledge and according to the rules of parliament, that requires that someone must have a post-metric uh, 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 study. And that's why if you go to all the boards that you have, that are state-owned and that are run through uh, state and you'll see that there will be no requirement for anyone to have a post-metric qualification. So the NYTA is no exception. It is just like all other boards. And therefore, the normal way of doing it is to have a situation where no one is required to have a post-metric qualification. Is that the case, Mr. Kasim? Well, the, the Act, as I said earlier, the Act doesn't specify, it's quite correct, the Act doesn't specify that there must be someone with a post-metric qualification. However, I mean, how does one explain that, and I was part of the previous process as well, that it was agreed by all parties that an ideal, when you're dealing with a budget which is actually uh, closer to half a billion rand, when you're dealing with a budget of that magnitude, when you're dealing with an agency that has had its own reputation severely compromised uh, due to its failures in the past, you know, you want individuals that are skilled, you want individuals that have experience so that they can properly manage that budget and manage the activities and the mandate of the agency. And that was an agreement in the previous process. The only reason why they've taken it out of this process, I mean, you don't just change your mind from one process to the next or without a specific agenda. The only reason is because of specific individuals who are AMC Youth League NEC members who do not have that qualification and who they they want to be included. So it's not because of some uh, ideological or, or, or some uh, you know logical reason that they've now suddenly thought of. It's because of individuals. They've changed their minds because of individuals and to include certain individuals who are not qualified to do the job. Who are, who, the only thing that qualifies them are their political connections and the political offices that they hold within the ANC Youth And if that's the basis that we used to appoint uh, uh, into an agency uh, that must be creating opportunities for young people that already waste uh, uh, significant portions of their budget on administrative work within the agency itself, then creating opportunities for young people, then, you know, we need to be honest with each other. Um, it's you know this is not a fair society. If you're a person, a young person that has the qualifications, that has the experience, that wants to make a difference, then you should rather the the message that you're sending to them is that you should rather not apply because you should have a political connection for us to consider you and for us to take you seriously. And that's something that we see yeah, not just as it pertains to the NYDA. It even goes as far as when EPW are being appointed, you must know someone and you must have a connection and South Africans quite frankly are sick of it. Well uh, Mr. Mkise? Well uh, I couldn't uh, I couldn't hear the 
speaker whether he's suggesting that there is a legislation that requires a post-metric qualification. Maybe if you can clarify me there. No, he, he did quali- uh, clarify that. What he is basically saying is that uh, given uh, the budget that has to be overseen here, uh, a, a budget of over 400 million rand annually, surely it should be entrusted to suitably qualified people and not just to uh, party deployees. Mr. Mkise? Okay, I think we've lost him there. Tell you what, we're going to take a break, uh, try and sort out those lines. When we come back, we'll continue this conversation and also take your calls about uh, the appointment process for the National Youth Development Agency board members. And uh, just looking at uh, what is at stake here, seats on the National Youth Development Agency board uh, come with an annual pay packet of almost 1.2 million rand for the executive board chairperson, just over 1.1 million for the deputy chair and 465. 5,000 rand per annum for each of the five non-executive directors. And uh, once you put it in those terms, you can understand why these positions are so highly uh, sought after and contested and um, why perhaps it has caused all of the consternation that it has. Well, we'll continue taking your views after this. Well, our apologies, struggling with the lines here this morning to our guests. We're talking about the National Youth Development Agency. And last year, the ad hoc uh, joint committee at, uh, the, uh, who sat for the appointment of the board members of the National Youth Development Agency started the process. But, of course, um, it has been brought to a halt after uh, some uh, issues were raised uh, that uh, stated this process as being problematic. So we're asking this morning, what are your views on this? Uh, do you think the concerns that are being raised are valid or do you think this is just you know a politicking and sour grapes let us know what your view is on this 0891-104-208 we're speaking to Mlondi Mkize who is African National Congress Youth League National Spokesperson and uh, we also have Yusuf Kasim DA a member of a Parliament and DA Youth Leader with us this morning and just a few messages uh, to uh, kick us off on this part here Ntabi says how do people with no post-matric qualifications handle a fund over 500 million this is a joke uh, panama paper trail says uh, since the dawn of uh, the national uh, youth commission uh, to umsombovu to the nyda these institutions have been politically influenced the issue is who gets what? Unati Kwaza says, this is a topic that makes one angry when seeing how desperate young people are to have successful businesses. And uh, Luazin Jani says, the act does not specify academic uh, qualifications. Uh, that only was done on purpose to accommodate uh, political friends. Nkosing Pile says, the organization is useless and must be disbanded. I agree with people who say the organization is an extension of the African National Congress U. Youth League, and then uh, there's a message also here from um, Pumuzo. Pumuzo says, "I only received an acknowledgement. I have a B admin, B tech, forensic investigation, uh, and post grad in compliance management. I'm a certified ethics officer. Uh, these guys, uh, they shortlisted some applicants." only have a matric. Why lower the bar so low is what uh, Pumuzo is saying. Someone who uh, actually did go to the qualification process but was not shortlisted. So this is what we are talking about this morning. What are your views on this particular matters? Um, what should Parliament be doing in this instance, uh, given what is going on, given what is at stake? And of course, 
looking at the NYDA over the years and what they have achieved, do you think that they have managed to actually uh, do what they were set up to do or are they struggling because of these compromises that have been brought about as some claim? 34701 is our SMS line number. Tweet or Facebook AM Live on SAFM using the hashtag AM Live. And of course, you can call us on 0891 We have our guests back, uh, Mlondi Mkize and Yusuf Kasim. Mlondi, I was talking to you and I was asking the question uh, that uh, Yusuf was uh, making reference to about suitably qualified people and uh, not deploying people simply uh, because of their political affiliation. Well, uh, I would not, uh, I would not want to venture into saying uh, people are not suitable because they come from certain political parties. Because I think that that is a, that is what is implied. Uh, but for record, let me just say this, Sakina. When you look at the people, by the way, that were nominated by the UKIP, Comrade Bavedi Rechong has got a degree in engineering. Comrade Joseph has got a degree. Uh, Comrade Ndumiso Mkako has got a degree. So Comrade Joy has got a degree. So I, I would not understand this lowering of the bar and the implicated becoming from the UK. Unless we are told specifically who is, whose qualifications are being questioned, because to suggest that the UK submitted people don't have post, have post with three qualifications is in fact very dangerous. And that might create a wrong perception in society. So I want people to refer us specifically to the people that the UK nominated and that were interviewed that the UK has got discomfort and uh, discomfort with. So far as I understand, it is very important to maintain the principle. The principle, and I've not heard that uh, the member is reporting it, that uh, there is no board in South Africa that requires a, a post-metric qualification. But secondly, I want to comment on the comments. I think that was a Twitter person who was saying that uh, he had submitted yes, a forensic, what, what, what. The board is not a forensic investigation. Those are responsibilities of bureaucrats, people that are employed inside. That comrade is quite correct. If he has got such qualifications, he must find a relevant uh, a, a, a relevant post inside the NYTA to apply for, so that you begin to use those skills. Because the board plays an oversight role over the management, and that management will have CEO, CFO, and other people who want to work and be supervised or be monitored by the board. The board would not be conducting forensic investigations and all of those things. So I think that it is very important for all of us to understand the responsibilities bestowed on the board and the responsibilities of people who are executive management operating under the system. How do you arrive at that conclusion? Because are you? What are you saying then to Pumudzo? Because it was not just uh, uh, the fact that he was an, uh, a certified ethics officer. He also clay, says that he has a B admin, a B tech, uh, along with the forensic investigations uh, and uh, a post grad in compliance management. Aren't those good qualities a good skill set to bring to a board? What when they eat? Is good, but you can't suggest that because you have them, then you must be in the board. I think yeah. they will be much more proper applied at the level of management. Because remember, the board gets reports that are processed by the executive management, and therefore, those kind of skills and qualities would then be required. For instance, when you have got a board, you might have a board that would have, or an institution that would have internal auditors or internal audits, and those people are very relevant there to ensure that before matters come to the board, those matters are rectified internally 
so that when AG comes and conducts an, a, a report, that report is then studied properly and it is able to get a clean audit as it were. So that is why I am saying that uh, that is not a criteria to be in the board because you've got forensic and compliance. But that is more appropriate at the level of executive management. That's the point I'm making, Zaki. So, so, so if you could tell us, you know, from, from your point of view, what would the ideal board member, what sort of qualifications would they bring uh, to this position? Well, uh, you see, that's a problem, Sakina, when we say qualifications, as if the board requires qualifications. It you doesn't? See, when, no, the board requires that uh, you have what the board requires. And in this instance, it does not require post-metric qualification. And this is a matter of an act. So you can't say when an act says this, and as society, you feel it unjust, you then, you then attack the applicant of the NYTA board. You must attack members of parliament to change the act. So, so, so basically you are saying that uh, we should stick to the lowest common denominator and not try to raise the bar. Because as someone points out here on my Twitter feed, if someone, uh, what would you consider to be someone who is fit and proper in terms of the act? Because if someone, uh, let's say, has uh, judgments against them, um, would you consider them fit and proper to serve on a board? I would, I would. Out, uh, when you say judgment, I'm sure that uh, if you had been watching or if anyone was watching the NYTA uh, interview, issues that were queried that uh, the other committee thought that they had to be raised, they raised them. For instance, uh, they, they indicated among the applicants that they did not declare that they've got some financial problems with Boracom. I think one of them was with Boracom or by vote. The other one was with... Uh, the fact that when, he was, uh, when she was still at uh, Varsity, she had uh, a record of being charged and all of those things. So those things are raised, and the relevant authority, which in this, in this case would be uh, SAA, would have double-checked and made sure that the people who go through have not such queries that are going to be problematic for someone to be in the force. Well, we're going to go to a news break. When we come back, we continue discussing this matter about the uh, National Youth Development Agency and uh, the proceedings there have been brought to a halt, uh, the proceedings in trying to appoint a board for this agency because uh, the appointment process has been labelled problematic. So we're talking about this process. We're talking about the ideal candidates whom one would want to select to a board agency and the process uh, to elect a new board for this particular agency. Tell us what your views are on this. Uh, Who should ideally be uh, selected? And of course, people also just uh, talking about what should and what should not happen, who should, who should not. But of course, there is an act to guide all of this. So is it just a storm in a teacup? People making noise about absolutely nothing? Or do you think there's merit uh, to some of the concerns that have been raised? We'll come back to this after... We're talking about the National Youth Development Agency and uh, the selection of uh, board members for this particular agency. And the National Youth Development Agency have in the past made headlines for all the wrong reasons. But of late, uh, they have... 
pulled their act together. The agency has managed to reduce irregular expenditure to 265000 for the 2015-2016 financial year from as much as 62 million rand three years ago. So, what are your views on who ought to be selected? Should there be minimum criteria? Should this include post-metric qualifications? If not, why not? And if you feel it should, what about discriminating against those who may not hold such a qualification? How would that impact positively or negatively either way in your view on the ultimate selection process? 34701 is the SMS line number. Tweet or Facebook us at AMLive on SAFM using the hashtag AMLive. You can also call us on 0891-104-208. Mlondi Mkize, ANC Youth League National Spokesperson, and Yusuf Kasim, uh, DA Youth Leader and Member of Parliament, our guest this morning. Sandile is uh, calling us from Mangosutu Butelezi University. Good morning, Sandile. Yes, Sakin, how are you? And you? Um, I'm okay, thanks, Sakin. Sakin, you know, I think I feel like Yosef is just, he's just creating some sort of noise that is really unnecessary. As a student myself, being in the university, I'm, I'm looking, I, I, as we were busy with the restriction, I was just looking at the things, the way they were unfolding. you having people who really want to be on the system. They couldn't be on the system simply because uh, now they do not, these, com- these comrades, they do not have money to register. They had to be sent back home. So what are we saying of the those who are we saying they're not supposed to be working somewhere? Is that what we say? And again, there is an act that stipulates as to what should happen. When it comes to that boy, now you have Yossi saying here, yeah, no, the power has been lowered. What, is there any act that says this is the minimum requirement for 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 for, for them for the members of the board? Really, they they just creating a, a noise that is unnecessary. We as the youth, we need the NYDA, we need a proper NYDA. However, it should not be used as a, a, a cheap political scoring point. They know now because certain people have been leaving the UTIC or have been leaving EFF, now they no longer require. Once you leave the UTIC, it sounds now as if you see you automatically cease to be a South African. It can't be correct, it can't be fair to, to, to those people who say now uh, NC UTIC is creating some sort of uh, employment for the UTIC. Those are South Africans. When we appoint about, we must look at them as South Africans, not as the UTIC members, because once we start putting care, it becomes a, a problem. I think the, the noise that they're creating now is because they know these people previously what they've been doing. So if things were to go that fashion in South Africa, we'll have many aspiring uh, politicians not working. It can't be fair. It can't be correct. Okay, that's Sandile in uh, Mangasutu Putelezi University. Uh, resources in Nelspreet. Good morning. Yes, morning, Sandile. Welcome. Yes, hey, I'm happy with the decision of the board because now the the former NCU like in Buma NCU chairperson in Buma has resigned because he has not have a qualification. I'm happy for the board decision. Thank you. Okay, Rizos, didn't quite hear what you were saying, but I think you're done there. So uh, maybe I'll ask Tresha to listen offline to what your point was. Andy Lane, Cape Town. Good morning. Uh, just quickly, Sakina, on, on, on this matter is that uh, we attended the, 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 the interviews uh, on, on Friday, and, and what transpired there, and I think there was a submission that we, we made as the BMF to the article committee, 
on, on giving us clarity on how the process had unfolded. And one of the two questions that we raised was, how did they get to the shortlisting? Now, listening to the DA member, it then gives us more questions on how did we get to the 14 people. And on top of the, us getting into the 14 people is the issue of do we as, as, as government have to rely or even as members of parliament have to, have to rely on legal prescripts to get to the right choices? Imagine, Sakina, how many young people that are, are educated who are currently unemployed and they have to watch on the sides and see matriculants occupy strategic and key positions in our country. So, so we are very much concerned about that. And we have seen this thing happening around many other uh, state-owned enterprises. And if we keep quiet as young professionals, as, as young qualified people, and allow this type of situation to, to, to proceed, it means it also puts an indictment to ourselves that we are allowing politicians to, to rule us in a manner in which is not benefiting for our country's development. So we are very much concerned. We, we're still waiting for the reply of the Ato Committee on what was the shortlisting criteria and also where are the other candidates because they've published the short, the 14, the 14 members' CVs. And, and, they were, and I was listening, I was at the committee when they said they also instructed the, the, the parliament to also publish the other 400 plus CVs and they are not published. And we want South Africans to come forward who have applied to tell us who are they, uh, who they are, what are their qualifications and we can measure them according to or measure them vis-a-vis the number of the other people that have been shortlisted. This is, this is something that as, as, as young professionals, we would pursue directly with the parliament through the processes. I, I hear that uh, the, the, our letter was discussed and we're waiting for it to, to get a reply on what exactly are the points. We had very clear questions there and we're waiting for them to respond. And on their response, we'll still follow through other parliamentary processes. And if it needs be, we'll take it to the court. All right. Thank That's you good. so much uh, the, for that call. Castro is in Davidson. Good morning. Good morning, Sagina, and good morning to your guest. Uh, Sagina, you know, I was interested at uh, hearing what will Floyd say regarding the, the, the this, this issue of the qualifications, because when Floyd was uh, in the NCU, there was nothing wrong with the, how the, the process has been unfolding. Uh, and Sagina, the issue of the youth development, to me, a person who is suitable, it's uh, one person who, uh, one young person who understands youth development. It should comprise of as many young people as possible. The unemployed, to those who are at a higher school, and you can imagine that the person who is still activated at uh, secondary education doing grade 9 or 10 will not uh, have a, 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 a bachelor's degree. So when we want to, if we want to deal with the issue, with issues, we need to deal with those things. So if we are going to put requirement, a secondary requirement, I mean a, a qualification of a secondary education or tertiary education, it's going gonna, it's gonna to close doors for those. Because when we nominate as, as public, we look at activism. Uh, and the NCU in this country has been leading the youth development. We don't know much about the DA. We we don't know much about other youth formations. Every time we can hear about the NCP going to the conferences, but we never hear about the, the, the DA youth going to conferences. What we know is that the DA youth is being appointed by their 
but they are mother bodies. So in the in the in the in the, in the ANC, the COSAS and SASCO, those are the people who go to through democratic processes and through their experience and 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 and, 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 and zeal to 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 achieve youth development, we then nominate them. So those are the people that are believe they, they they qualify. So we can't put the 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 the, the, the I mean the, the the requirement today. We just need a person who can advocate for young people, people who are brave and achieve, who can achieve. Thanks. Thank you so much, Castro and David. And Eddie is in Udenalsras. What's your view, Eddie? Thank you, thank you very much, uh, Sagina. I'm I'm young today. Sagina, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know when the end was 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 an uh, um I thought it was in transition that. Your your qualification issues can be you know can be put aside for 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 the interim, but now that um, I mean a lot of young people have graduated and so on, I'm sure it was proper that uh, qualifications must be considered, and uh, it is true. <laughs> are, are we opening a Saudi gate where you'll earn a million and have less than I mean you don't have that that you don't have metric. I mean, Chisa must come on and Castro must come on. They must, they must realize. I'm sure they missed the breakfast this morning. And, you know, the other thing is I want to apologize on behalf of Mchise, uh to, to young people. Young people, education is important. Although Mchise sounds like uh, education is not important, young people, education is important. It will liberate you. It will free, it will free you. The other thing, the boards, names are submitted by political parties like your SABC, your interim board. Why can't we follow the same route? Maybe it will assist so that uh, those who are in majority in parliament and they'll, they'll have uh, the upper hand, then other parties will also have their own people that they have submitted. So that tends, young people, they want people who will serve them. And the other things that you know, we're supposed to hear from the previous board, because I've heard the, the other guy, Naidu, is also in the, uh, is also uh, shortlisted. Maybe they were supposed to tell us what is it that the, 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 the board has done and what are the challenges so that the new board can be able to know what their expectations are in terms of what is facing young people. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Eddie. And what an answer is another Eddie calling from Cape Town. Morning, Eddie. Uh, good morning, Sakina. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I think the guy from the BMF actually took all my points that I wanted to say, but nevertheless, I've got just a few things to say. You know, um, qualified people... Um, Kiza, that's, he says uh, they don't need qualified people. I can tell you, I'm an accountant by profession, Sakina. When you talk budgeting, even people with engineering, masters, and all of that stuff um, don't sometimes understand. You have to teach them and sit down with them. So when he says that qualifications are not necessary, he's talking nonsense, I can tell you that. The second thing is, a board, when he says a board doesn't need qualifications um, because the act says, Sakina, and he says in South Africa there is no board that requires qualifications. He is actually lying there because boards are certain places where we, 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 we nominate board and we interview them. You need in each department of the board someone who has qualifications. If, if, for example, you are a milling company, you need someone who's good in marketing. You need someone who's good in chemical engineering. You need so the board, even even the king uh, report. If he, if he, if if he wants, he can go and read the king report three, two, and so on. It says you need a board with requisite skills. So you must go read there and find out what that means to say someone has requisite skills. So the second thing, Sakina, is um, when you hire qualified people in a country like ours, you're actually motivating those that are wanting to go to university. Just to answer the young man who said, 
What about those that uh, walked away from university? The reason they wanted to study is because they want to be better and then sit on those boats. So we want to avoid the situation where people are connected, like we have uh, strikes today in Kimberley. That councillor cannot be touched because he is connected. If they try to touch him, he will use the infamous line that says, tomorrow I'm going to Pretoria. So we, we, we need young people who are educated. And finally, Sakina, I'm a, I'm a member of the ANC. I've been through the structures and in good standing. So I want to tell him, Londi, exactly what he is saying, Sakina, is what happens in our branch meetings. We don't debate substantive issues. We debate uh, uh, semantics like he's doing there. We, and and they, when they say to you, they have convinced this comrade to come to understand what they are saying. Basically, they're talking about ganging up against you when you talk substantive issues. They gang up, they harass you, they, 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 they... It's basically that kind of thinking that we're having in the youth league now that is taking this country nowhere. So let's have that um, uh, um, um, uh, um, uh, a legislation that says that, but common sense and decency says in a, commu- in, in a situation where we are, we've had graduates coming from left, right, and center, Let's change this and get educated people who will understand. To, to do an oversight on something, you need to understand it yourself. How will you do over... If someone comes and lies to you and says it's 5 billion and not 500 million, how old do you know if you don't have that requisite skill? Thanks, Sakin. Thank you so much. Eddie, KG in Bloemfontein, hello. Uh, I will come back to KG there. Uh, let's go to Anonymous in Joburg. Good morning, Anonymous. Good morning, Sakina, and the listeners. So I just want to touch on how all these educated people are calling in and saying people that don't have post matric qualifications cannot hold positions in these boards and all that stuff. I don't get it, because then should we now then start vetting also parliament people, all our MPs, because we do have some MPs that don't have qualifications, and those people are basically in charge of these boards. So if they don't have these qualifications, then they are essentially in charge of trillions or billions of rands of the country's budgets. And here we are leave, letting them run the country. So then should we then also change that? Um, Would it be such that... a bad idea to change that? Because what I hear people say is that when we, when the transition happened in 1994, um, you know, there was a set, uh, a, cir- a set of circumstances that we found ourselves in. But um, uh, 20 odd years later, those things have changed. We now do have people who are uh, educated, who do hold qualifications. Should we then not um, raise the bar in terms of who we admit? So, Sakina, for me, I don't believe that intelligence is measured by what degree you have. That's why I used to see in varsity a lot of people that would study your engineering degrees and your your BSCs and the likes, they would think that people that studied BAs, for example, are less intelligent than them. I don't believe in that. I believe that intelligence, uh, well, there's different ways of measuring intelligence. And I think in the board selection process, they shouldn't just say, okay, you need to have a certain degree or you need to have a degree, even if no matter what that degree is, and you, because you have a degree, are better than the person that doesn't have a degree. And then secondly, the like people complaining about how there's people in the ANC Youth League or the people that are chosen are ANC people. Well, who's the majority uh, governing party in this country? So you need to think about that. Are we now then going to go back to Parliament and also say that, you know what, screw you guys. The pa- Parliament is run by ANC. It's a way for securing jobs for ANC cadres. Of course it is. 
like the people ANC cannot be deploying people that are not pro ANC people. They need to deploy people that are ANC people in these institutions because in these institutions, these people need to follow the policy of the ANC. So you can't be putting DA people in, for example, the NYDA and then expect that person to follow policies of the ANC. Do you understand? So I don't know. Do people now want to cancel that whole process, that democratic process of actually choosing a party and then letting that party run the country for us? What do we want to do as South Africans? I think we need to decide on that. Okay, that is uh, uh, the view of Anonymous in Johannesburg. Alex in Johannesburg, good morning. Good morning, Sakina, and good morning to the listeners. I think the problem is look at this issue outside the framework of the legislation that we have established. Firstly, we must look at what the legislation says in defining the youth who are supposed to be served by the NYDA. And secondly, when we set criteria, we must look at that uh, definition of the youth to find out if the criteria is all-encompassing of the youth who are supposed to be served by that institution. Once we set a criteria that automatically excludes a section of the youth as defined by the law, then that criteria, unfortunately, might be unfair. Secondly, there is a piece of legislation called the Employment Equity Act, and that piece of legislation defines what we mean by suitably qualified candidates. Academic qualifications are taken into consideration. Secondly, previous experience is taken into consideration. Thirdly, recognition of prior learning is taken into consideration. Fourthly, Capacity to perform the work within a reasonable time is taken into consideration. And in terms of that law, it is unfair discrimination to exclude a person from an appointment solely on the basis of academic qualification. That is in terms of the law. So if you want to exercise that discrimination, unfortunately you will have to change the law. Thank you so much, Alex in Joburg, uh, KG in Bloemfontein. Hello, KG. All right. Uh, KGM in uh, Bloemfontein, don't know. He is somewhere there, but we don't seem to be able to hear him. Uh, let's get a response from our panelist, uh, Yusuf Kasim. Thank you very much, Sakin. I think the discussion has been very interesting, but, I mean, it's not just about qualifications. That's one issue. I think the main issue here is around fairness. If we want to live in a fair society, and I think this doesn't just apply to the NYDA board, and I want to speak to people like Anonymous and others, what type of society do they want to live in? It goes right down, as I said earlier, to how EPWP jobs are being allocated. In our communities, and the reason why, and part of the reason why a lot of people voted out the ANC in many of our metros, is because they believed that it was unfair uh, uh, for them to have to have a political connection or connection to a politician to be able to get an opportunity. And it's the exact same principle. We should never accept a society, Sakina, where uh, in order to get ahead or in order to access an opportunity, one must have a political connection. One must know someone in order to get somewhere. And this is what has happened uh, in this process. In fact, the only individuals who were shortlisted 
there were only two individuals that were shortlisted who did not have a political affiliation or was not a card-carrying member of a political party. And those are the two individuals that were nominated by the Democratic Alliance. Because we believe that in a fair society, we must look at you as an individual and not in terms of who you know. Whereas, if you take a candidate such as, for example, Sufisu Matsweni, who lists uh, Colin Mayine and uh, Marius Franzmann as his references and was a member of the ANC Youth League NEC, uh, you know, you would not have been considered um, if it was not for his political connections. He does not have any qualifications or relevant experience or, uh, you know, uh, etc. There were uh, other candidates in the 485 applicants who had uh, uh, more experience, who had uh, 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 better skills, uh, etc. Um, but in the society that the ANC wants to create, uh, it's about who you know, if you want to be pushed up a housing list, if you want to get into a job, if you want to get an opportunity, you must know the right people, you must have the right uh, 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 connections, you must carry, you must wear the right color T-shirt, you must carry the right uh, uh, membership card of a specific political party. And that is something that we oppose as the Democratic Alliance. Mm. But the process has been flawed. Conversely, yes. should people be excluded on the basis of knowing uh, certain uh, politically no. inf- uh, influential people? Not at all. I, you know, it, there isn't a problem, Sakina, if the, the Arab Committee had sat down, con- properly considered the 485 applicants, and, and, and argued the, you know, who they want to shortlist on the basis of who is fit and proper, rather than just say each person nominate a person and you just nominate your political connections, which is what happened. Your political affiliation should not count against you, but it should not be your passport into an opportunity, which is exactly what is happening under the AIM. And it's something that we will oppose. It's something that, that we will oppose everywhere where it takes place. And we are doing that even in places where we are governing. We are, we are changing the structures of, of, of government so that we take out uh, 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 the systems and the structural systems that have been put in place which allow for individuals to appoint people uh, uh, solely based on uh, who they know and what connections they have. We believe in a fair society. We believe that each individual should have the fair opportunity in order to progress based on their own merits and their own talents and their own hard work and not based on who they know. Well, as you heard, that was Mlondi Mkise's line that dropped there. Um, and uh, just want to read some of the messages. Uh, this one on the SMS line says, I watched the process. The candidates are not up to par. Only matric and a criminal record. ANC standards. That's from Marie. Uh, Dave Kay in the Eastern Cape says, watch the space for money meant for projects. Soon the money will be wasted or gone. Um, then Pops in Kronstadt says, uh, the National Youth Development Agency, Sakina, is the initiative of the ruling party, DA and other political parties never brought or thought of any financial empowering mechanism for the youth in this country. And uh, Tebza and Bombella says, Sakina, EFF is correct. The idea of having a National Youth Development Agency was good. Unfortunately, it is used by the ANC for its own benefit. They hire incompetent cadres. That's from Tebza in Bombella. And then a number of messages on uh, the uh, Twitter feed. This one from Spiwo says, recognition of prior learning applies 
applied to youth persons? Um, where were they when we were studying? Makalela says, SK, how many MPs and CEOs do we have in South Africa that don't have a qualification but they are earning millions per year? And um, it's a fair question. Uh, but as I said, you know, uh, does this mean that we should not be thinking about um, raising the bar at some point? And I'm not putting it out either way. I'm just asking a question. KG in Bloemfontein says, the ANC and ANC Youth League must continue on this trajectory. Uh, good for them. We will meet them in 2019. Uh, Dewey Master says, uh, where is the BMF and the likes during this massacre of uh, black educated? Being told uh, studies don't matter uh, and they don't make you a better um, candidate. And then a few others as well. Pindile Kunene says, prior learning, extensive experience can serve as an equivalent of a qualification but with prior learning, uh, what prior learning do, do 30-year-olds have? Uh, Tommy says, even if the act doesn't require some qualification, wouldn't it make sense having experts on the board? Edward Timber says, I think uh, NADA is one of the most corrupt entities in our country, most only willing to help uh, the people connected to the ANC. Um, then uh, Tulani Dasa says, NADA is a bunch of useless people who are looting taxpayers' money under the guise of youth development it's cater deployment and uh, at pride for joy says the problem with nada is using caters a friend of mine once told me that he was asked for uh, an anc card when he was applying for a tender kakisha Mueng says i was reliably informed five years ago by an anc youth league member that the nada is an extension of the youth league and uh, those many more messages coming in there